Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Uh, Teresa and I had the opportunity and the wonderful privilege to, to pastor this church and, and this congregation. We are excited what God is doing in our lives, we're excited what God's doing in your life. How many of you guys expect God to do something new in your, in your life this year? I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm telling you guys, we're about to go into a fast. Actually, it starts today, and it's going to go over the next 10 days. And I'm telling you, in my spirit, I believe, I believe that spiritual strongholds are going to be broken. Amen? Why? Because we're going to humble ourselves before the Lord, and we're going to cry out for the needs, not only in our life, not only for the needs in our church, but for this great nation. Amen. Man, we need God back in, we need God in the house. Not just this house, but we need God in the nation. And what I, what I do believe and understand that is God says that if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, that he will hear our prayers and he will heal this land. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys to be part of this fast this coming week, starting today all the way through uh, February the 5th. Um, that Wednesday night, February the 6th, we will have a time of prayer and worship and celebration here on a Wednesday night. All the, the adults, the teenagers will be all in this room, and we're just going to celebrate, amen, because I believe in celebration. you got to celebrate the small things, guys. We're all about the big things, but I believe God wants us to celebrate in the small things because God is not only in the big, but he's also in the small. Amen? So I believe for an incredible time of, of prayer and worship and fasting this week. So if you, have, if you haven't decided what you're going to fast, I, I, I pray that you choose to do something. And, and listen to this. Don't just make it a time of just fasting. Because if you just make it a time of fasting, and I'll say this later on in the message, so I'm getting a, a little ahead of myself. If you make it just a time of just fasting, can I tell you this morning, that's just a diet. But make it a time of prayer, fasting, and in your word. Because with those three things, that's where spiritual battles are won, and, that, uh, are won, and that's where Jesus comes through in our life. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you ready this morning? I'm also excited about next Sunday. Our district superintendent, Pastor Ken Drawn, and his lovely wife, Cindy, will be here with us uh, sharing in, in our service next Sunday morning. And right after the service, for about five minutes, guys, we're going to have a quick business meeting. So what I need you to do, I need you to look around. And for people that's not here today, I need you to contact them to say, hey, we need you to hear next Sunday because we're going to be voting on the very last thing before we become a general council affiliated church. There's some things that I, that we've, listen, we've crossed all the I's and dotted all the, t crossed all the T's and dotted, I had to start all over again. You know what I'm saying. But there's one thing that I forgot about that we need to do as a church, so that's going to happen next Sunday. So if you're a member, be here next Sunday because we're going to have a vote because I'm excited about becoming a general council affiliated church. And for, for those that don't know what that is, don't worry about it. It's just an exciting time for our church. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 16. I got, listen, how many of you guys like Scripture? I got a lot of Scripture for you this morning. And so if you got a pen or a piece of paper, and, or you can follow along on your Bible app there. You can just uh, open up the Bible app, go to events down at the bottom, 
or down at the bottom right-hand side, click on that and look, click on events, and it'll pop up Legacy Church, and you can follow along. All the scripture that's available to you is right there in front of you, and so if you don't have that available, you can write it down. Um, but listen, guys, I'm excited to share the word to you this morning is this. I want you to stand with me this morning as I share this one scripture with you today. I had, a, had the opportunity Wednesday night to talk about fasting a little bit, and just over the last couple of days, that's just been over and going over and over in my spirit that I want to share with you today about fasting, because we are in the middle of a fa- or beginning of a fast. And what I know and understand that when you begin to fast, there's a physical side of it that your body begins to crave things that you're going to let go. But I, what I want to do is I want to encourage you to push through, push through those, those moments of I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm sure, I don't know if I, if, I can, if I can get pushed through those moments, because when you push through those moments, man, things begin to happen in the spiritual in your life. So I'm just telling you, get ready, because when you choose to do it, the enemy's going to come in, and he's going to bombard you, he's going to throw everything against you, just so that you will stop fasting. Why? Because he knows that there's a spiritual breakthrough that's about to take place in your life. And he's going to fight you tooth and nail so that you will stop Fasting, but I want to encourage you to push through the headaches, push through that hunger pain, push through all the things because what I know and understand is that Jesus pushed through the pain. Something tells me in my spirit that as he was going to, to, to be crucified that day, that he was tired, he was hungry. You know, there was a lot of things probably going through his mind, but guess what I know and understand? He pushed through. And guess what took place? The reason why he pushed through is you're standing here today. And God is going to do some incredible things in your life. So push through. Seek God. When you're hungry, seek God. When you got a headache, pray God would heal that headache because spiritual things are going to happen in your life over the next 10 days. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 says this. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Look at your neighbor and say, when you fast. Pray with me. Father, we love you. We thank you. We give you glory and honor and praise in this house today. God, as we just sang, Father, this is just a church service until you show up. And God, what we want in our life is for you to show up in those moments in our life. Because that's when things happen. So God, I pray that you show up. But not only do you show up, but God, you show out. Because somebody that's here today is wondering whether or not, God, you are real. Whether or not that you are true. Whether or not you say that you claim to be this, God. Somebody may be here today that feels that in their life. So God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a way that only you can. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So I've titled this simple message today is this, is when you fast. Not if you fast, but when you fast. You see, different people fasted throughout Scripture before they started a new season in their life. How many, how many want a new season in your life? How many want to see new things in your life? I do. I want to see new things in your life. I want to see a new seasons in your life. And so what I do know and understand is that for us to see those new seasons, then we've got to fast and we've got to pray for those new seasons, for those new things that God's going to do in our life. And so throughout Scripture, several different people 
prayed and fasted before God before they entered into a new season in their life. Look at Exodus chapter 34, verses 28. It says this, Moses was there with the Lord for 40 days and for 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Before, before Moses ever wrote the Ten Commandments, there was a time of prayer and fasting in his life. Before he ever scribbled on those tablets, uh, thou shalt not, you know, all the things that, I, and I just went blank, so please forgive me. Don't murder, love your neighbor, all those, love God, all those things. Before Moses ever wrote on those, or scribbled on that little tablet there, he didn't write, he, you know, with a hammer and, a, and with a pick. At least that's what I think he did anyway. I don't know. He may have had a machine that, I don't know. But before he ever wrote the Ten Commandments, there was a time of prayer and fasting. When Jesus, before he started his ministry, his earthly ministry, there was a time of prayer and fasting before he ever went out and began to heal, before he ever went out and delivered people from, from demons and all the things in their life. There was a time that he prepared himself for the great awakening, for the great ministry that God was about to do in his life. In Acts chapter 13, verses 2, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Guys, there's a work that God is calling you for you to enter into. There's a new season that God is calling you to enter into. And I want to tell you this morning is this, for it to be revealed in your life, for God to show you what you need to do, that you got a plan and a purpose for your life, it comes with fasting and prayer. And studying the Word. Because God wants to give you a breakthrough. God wants to do miracles in your life. You see, what I love about Luke chapter 4, the same Spirit that landed on Jesus when He came up out of the water was the same Spirit that led Him into the wilderness to pray in the fast. It wasn't a different Spirit, but it was the same Spirit that led Him into the wilderness to pray and to fast. Why? Because Jesus was about to begin His earthly ministry, and He knew and God knew that He was going to encounter things that could only be taken away from those people's lives through prayer and fasting. And there's some things in your life that even right now that you are encountering or that you will encounter that will only be set free in your life through prayer and through fasting. So it's very important that not if, if we decide to fast, but when we fast. So the question I ask you this morning is this, do Christians need to fast? And the answer is yes, absolutely. And I'm not just talking about the beginning of the year, which we always do, which many churches always get involved with, but I'm talking about make it a plan of your life. Make it a, a weekly thing or a monthly thing, whatever God's speaking to you, but make sure that you are praying and you are fasting and you are reading your word because that's where things happen. So yes, we need fasting and prayer part of our life. So how do we know what we're supposed to do in this life? How do we know what our plan and our purpose is if we don't spend time with the one who already put it together? Look at your neighbor and say, he's already put it together. God has already put together your life. God has already planned out your life. So how are you supposed to know what it is if you don't pray and if you don't fast and if you don't read the word? Amen? You, I have a plan and a purpose for my life. And it's not just to pastor this church. That's part of it. But there's other things that God wants me to do. So how am I supposed to know what they are if I don't pray and I don't fast and I don't seek his face? Because that's where God's going to reveal himself to me. 
It may not necessarily be, he may not necessarily reveal himself to me in a corporate worship setting. He may, but, it, but what I've learned in my life that God reveals himself to me when I'm all by myself, quiet along with him. That's what I've learned for my life. Now, he may do it some other way, and that's fine. But what I've learned for me is that when I'm in that quiet place, when I'm alone with God, when I'm praying and I'm, and I'm seeking his face and I'm reading his word, his word is revealed to me. It's, it's like life comes forth into me, and it's like it's, I, I see things that I haven't seen before. Why? Because I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm reading his word. Listen, I want the Bible to be alive in my life. I don't want to just talk about the scripture, but I want it to be alive in my life. I want it to live it, not just talk about it in my life. Anybody there this morning, say amen. amen. So how are we supposed to know if we don't spend time with God? How, are we, how do we pray? Sometimes you ever been there. How do I pray over this situation, God? I've prayed all these prayers. I've said all these things, but, but something's not working, God. Something's not happening. So how are we supposed to know how to pray? Why? When we, get, when we get in the Spirit, when we get alone with God, God shows us how to pray. He teaches us how to pray. And that's what I want. I don't want to just pray prayers, but I want prayers to be prayed to where, man, God just manifests himself in somebody's life and, and things begin to happen. So how are we supposed to know those things if we don't pray and, and fast? God's got a plan and a purpose. Jeremiah chapter 1 is very clear when it says, Before I formed you, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, the Bible says that I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been set apart. Before you were formed, before you were given your name, before anybody looked upon your life, before anybody knew what you were going to look like or what color hair you were going to have or, or, or all those things, God set you apart to do great and mighty things for His kingdom. And so you and I need to know and understand how do we discover those things through prayer and through fasting and through His Word. You see, Jesus understood that fasting, listen, Jesus understood that fasting produces power that he couldn't have in your life any other way. Fasting produces power in your life. Here's what I love. Jesus endured the temptation. Jesus endured temptation. Why? So that he could identify with you and I to demonstrate his own holy, sinless character. Jesus fasted. He, he went through temptation. Why? So that he could identify with you and I. So that when you're, being, when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a dark time, guess who identifies with you? Jesus does. Why? Because he's gone through what you're going through or what you will go through. Jesus did those things so that he could identify with you and I. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 18 says this, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Because he himself suffered through the temptation, is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who is able, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. It's not like we have this high priest that's sitting up here that doesn't know what we're going through, that can't understand what we're going through, but we have this guy named Jesus who's sitting at the right hand of the Father today going, listen, God, I know what they've been through. I know what they've struggled with. They struggle with this temptation. They struggle with this thing. I know what it's like because I, I walk their path. I've been there. I know what it's like. Luke chapter 4 talks about Jesus' 40 days and 40 nights of prayer and fasting. But if you look at, look at Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 33, 
It says this. It says, they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray. And so did the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make friends or can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. You see, Jesus, I think it's very important to understand something about the Scripture. Jesus is telling them at that moment in their life, guys, there's no reason for them to fast. Why? Because I'm here with them. I'm here in the physical. I'm here in the spiritual. I'm here with them. They can see me. They put their eyes on me every single day. So there's no reason for them to fast. Why? Because I'm here. But you got to understand that there's going to be a moment that I'm going to leave, and when I leave, that's when they need to fast. That's when they need to cry out to God. That's when they need to get on their face and seek God and, and to read the Word. They don't need to do it right now because I'm physically with them. But there will be a day when I'm not with them that they will need to fast and pray. Jesus says that I'm going away. I'm no longer going to be in their physical presence. I'm no, I'm no longer going to be in that moment with them. And in that moment, what they're going to learn to do is to pray and fast. To do what? To usher in the very presence of God in their life and in their situations. Why? Because there was a ministry that was about to take place in their life. And so God understood that they need my presence. They need my understanding. They need my direction. Why? Because the job is much bigger than they are. Same thing with your life. The job is so much greater than you are. There's so much power out there in the world. But I want you to know and understand this morning, greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. That if I would learn to tap into that power, that I would see great and mighty things happen in my life. But it only happens through prayer and fasting and reading his word. And so that's where we need to be as a church. Not just 10 days, but make it a priority in our life that we pray and we fast and we read God's Word because that's where God reveals Himself to us. You see, Jesus says that, you know, that there's going to be a day that my presence is no longer with them. Think about this for a moment. The disciples, they followed Jesus for three and a half years before He was taken into heaven. They saw Him physically. They saw Him in, in their presence. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, I'm leaving. But what I want you to do is this. I want you to connect with me through prayer and fasting. I heard this quote this week, and I want to share it with you this morning. It says this, Fasting isn't about us trying to get more of God, but fasting is about God getting more of us. God wants more of you. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants more of you. God wants more of you than what He has right now. That's what fasting is about, God getting more of us in our life. And so what God is looking for, God is looking for vessels that are empty, so that he can fill them up with oil. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for vessels that are empty. If you go back and read 2 Kings, you come across the story of the, of the lady who, as long as she kept bringing empty jars to, to the house, that they would keep getting filled over and over and over. As long as she kept bringing those empty jars to the house, that the, the oil would continue to flow. But the moment that she stopped, the oil stopped. And what I'm learning is this. Listen, there's no shortage of oil in heaven today. But the shortage is, is there's no empty vessels to fill up. There's no empty vessels to fill up in our life. 
And what God wants to do is He wants to empty you out. He wants to get all of those things out of your life that doesn't need to be there, that's taking up space where He needs to be in your life. But if you keep bringing Him those empty vessels, He's going to keep filling it up in your life. There's a shortage of vessels that are empty to receive the oil. The reason why we fast and and we pray is so that we can receive that power of the Holy Spirit. You see, you may be talented, you may be gifted in certain certain areas of your life, but if God doesn't touch that gifting, if God doesn't touch that talent, I want to tell you that this morning, it will only go so far. It will only go so far that you will reach a place in your life that you won't go any further because you don't have God leading you to go further. But God wants to touch that talent. God wants to touch your life, that gifting, so that you can take what God's given you inside of you and so that it will be a, a blessing to someone else, so that there will be a miracle that takes, hap- that takes place in someone else's life through your gifting and through your talent. It may be speaking. It may be singing. It may be a gift of hospitality. It may be a gift of serving. Whatever it is, allow God to take that talent and take it to the next level and watch God just work in your life. When you and I fast, what we're saying is this, that I'm totally dependent on God. That's what God is looking at in my life. Chad, are you totally dependent upon me? Are you willing to give up these things in your life that that you seem so important in your life? Are you willing to give those things up? And if you do, then I'm going to show up. Why? Because you're saying to me that you're totally dependent upon me. And that's what I want. I want my life to be totally dependent upon God. God, we need you. We need you in our life. God, we need you in our church. God, we need you in our marriages. God, we need you in our homes. God, we need you in our workplaces. God, we need you. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. God, we need you in our life. Being totally dependent on God, wherever you may be, is what God wants from you. God wants totally dependence from you. Total dependence from your life. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for that empty vessel that will just come to him and say, God, just fill me up. God, just fill me up. Tomorrow when you wake up, guess what? you got to take that empty vessel to him and let it fill it up. Tuesday morning, take that empty vessel to him and let him fill it up. Why? So that, that you can be prepared for the day and whatever happens, whatever comes your way that day, you'll be prepared. Why? Because you spent time with Jesus. You've been in his presence. The problem is is that it just keeps happening over and over in our life and we don't get along with God and things keep happening. Things keep going on over and over in our life. And what what I know and understand is this. God's wanting to give you a new anointing. God's wanting to give you a new power. He's wanting to give you a fresh touch in your old self. He's wanting to give you new anointing in your life. Luke chapter 5 verses 36 and 37 it says this. He's told them this parable. That no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn uh, the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the patch of the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The new wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. Listen, God's wanting you to bring new new skin to him. A new life. That's what he wants. Why? Because there's a new oil that God's wanting to pour into your life. Something that you didn't have last year. He's wanting to pour something new in your life. But the problem is we keep bringing him the old. 
We want God to pour the new into the old. We want to live our life over here how we want to live it, but we want God to pour new in our life. And I'm telling you, it doesn't work. If you want new oil, if you want new and anointing, then bring something new to Him. Get rid of the old and bring Him something new. Because you can't pour new wine into the old wineskins because it burst. Jesus came to introduce something new, guys. He didn't come to introduce something old. But He came to introduce something new, not to patch something old. He wants something new. Why? What do I say that this morning is this? He came to bring salvation. That was new. That's new to this world. Something they've never seen before. So God came to bring salvation to this world. That's new. And what God is wanting to do is to bring salvation into your family. He's wanting to bring uh, deliverance into your family. Something that maybe you haven't seen before. But it's real. And so when those people that you're praying for don't cry out for themselves, guess what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to cry out for them. You're supposed to lift them up. You're supposed to bring them before the throne. You're supposed to cry out for them. Because many times they're not going to cry out for themselves. And so what God is looking for is something new. You see, what I thought about is Jesus didn't come to patch up your old clothes. He came to give you a new wardrobe. Jesus didn't come to patch up. Now listen to me. Don't, please don't under, misunderstand me. God could come in and He can renew and refresh. I understand that. But God came to do something new. God came to do something new in your life in 2019. He doesn't want you to have the same thing that you had in 2018. But He came to do something new in your life. If you and I want to live off what we had last year, then we can. But God says, bring me something new. Bring me your new life. Let me do something incredible in your life. As I said earlier this morning, make sure that if you're going to go through this time of prayer and fasting in your life, don't disconnect the two. Make sure that they're together. Fasting, praying, and reading your Bible. It's like, it's like peanut butter and, and chocolate. You've all seen the Reese Cup commercial. When they came together, chocolate's good, peanut butter's good. But when they come together, man, it's even better. Amen? I mean, when, when we pray, when we fast, when we read our word, when those things come together, man, it's even better than just praying and fasting. So you introduce those things together in your life. Don't just fast, again, because that's just a diet, but pray and fast and see what God's wanting to do in your life and, and read the word and hang out with him. Spending time praying and fasting and getting in the word. Make sure that we're doing all three. Luke chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says this. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. So my first point to you this morning is this. Satan attacked Jesus' identity in that moment. Look what he says. He says, if you are the son of God, then perform this. Do this. If you claim to be this man, if you claim to be this prophet, if you claim to be this wonderful person, then what I need you to do in this moment is I need you to turn this, this stone into bread because I know you're hungry. I know you need something to eat. So what I'm going to do, because I'm the great guy, this is Satan saying this, I'm the great guy, I'm going to give you opportunity to show yourself to me. So I want to tell you this morning is this, Jesus' identity was attacked in that moment. So if Jesus' identity was attacked in the garden, guess what? Your identity will be, will be attacked as well. 
He's going to ask you, why don't you perform this for me? Why don't you do this for me, O holy one, O great wonderful one? Why don't you perform for me? And Jesus says it is written in the what? Word of God that I shall not live by bread alone. That my, my substance, God is my provision, not my bread. God is my provision. And that's what he's saying. Jesus' identity was, was attacked in that moment. Same thing with you. He's going to come and he's going to attack you. He's going to say things to you. Why? Because Jesus wants you, or Satan wants you to understand, or he wants you to believe that he's got your best interest in his mind, which is so false, so untrue. He's going to attack your flesh just, just like he did Jesus. You see, Satan's going to come to you and he's going to offer you another option. He's going to say things to you like this. Hey, you know what? I care about you. I care about you. I love you. Why? Because I know that you're hungry. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to, to do this. I love you. And what he's saying in those moments is this. If God cared anything about you, then he would allow you to turn that, that stone into bread. Why? Because you're hungry. But he says, listen, I don't perform for you, Satan. It is written in the word of God that I shall not live by bread alone. And the problem is, guys, that we've got to a place in our church that, that our bread is our substance. Our bread is the very thing that we cry out to. Our bread is the very thing that we, that we put our trust in. And what God's saying to us is this, don't put your trust in things of this world, but put your trust in me. Because the Bible says, not Chad says, not Karen says, but the Bible says it is not for you to live by bread alone, but by the word of God. That's what he says. He's attacking his identity in that moment. And so what you and I have to do is, is we got to tell him where to go. Just like in, the, in, the, in that moment when, when Jesus was talking to Peter that day and Peter was trying to deny Jesus from what was about to happen in his life. And what did Jesus do? He says, get behind me, Satan, because you will not interfere with the plan and the purpose that God has for me. you got to tell him where he belongs. Some of, some of you in your life, you're allowing Satan to stand in front of you, and he's blocking the very thing that you need to get to God. But you need to tell him to get behind you. You need to tell him where he belongs. He belongs under your feet, not sitting on your shoulders, not living in your mind. But he's going to tell you those things. Listen, I care about you. I love you enough. But listen, all you got to do is just feed yourself because I know you're hungry because you just fasted for 40 days. Same thing he's going to do with you. I know that you got a headache because you gave up caffeine. I know you got a, you're hungry because you gave up food. So what, listen, God understands. God understands. So why don't, you just, why don't you just go ahead and break that fast because it really doesn't matter, and it does matter. Because if you break it, you're going you're gonna to break that cycle of God wanting to do something in your life. And so he attacked his identity. He was wanting to, for him to perform for him in other things. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9, it says this. It says that, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Look at your neighbor and say, you're his possession. You're his possession. God died for you. God died for you in your life. You are special. You are His possession in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. We're all part of the body, and we all have different parts, different things that God's gifting us with in our life. Number two is this. Jesus fought with the sword. Even though Jesus was the Word from the very beginning, 
out with the word. He didn't leave the word out. He, he quoted scripture. He quoted scripture over that situation. He quoted scripture over that moment in his life. He said, the, he quoted the word of God. So Jesus being the word of God from the very beginning, the word was the God, you, you know the scripture. He's the word. The word, listen, the word was in him, but it didn't just stay in him. He fought with it. He quoted scripture over this, just like you. You've got the word of God in you. You know, you know scripture. You've, you've, you've heard Bible stories. You know scripture. You know those things. And what God's saying is, listen, don't let it just sit in your life, but fight with it. Quote it over your, over your situation. Quote it over your family. Quote it over your workplace. Because that's where miracles begin to happen in our, in our life, through the word of God. You see, Jesus that day in the garden, he put on the whole armor of God, but he fought with the word. So I want to ask you this morning, are you fighting with the word? Are you trying to fight by yourself? you got to have the word of God in your life. you got to read, you got to pray, and you got to fast. All three go together. But he fought with the word. It is, not, it is written. Three different times he says it in the word. It is written in our life. It is written. It is written. You see, Jesus was able to, to use it because it was in him. Jesus was able to use the word. Why? Because it was in him. If you're willing to put the word in you, guess what? It will come out of you. Whatever you fill this vessel up with is going to come out. If we will fill it up with the word, if we will fill it up with his presence, if we will fill it up with these things in our life, it will come out of our life to those people that are standing around us. So the word of God was in Jesus, but it came out of him. It's the, oh, listen, it's the only thing that we have to fight the enemy is the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17, it says this, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 says this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The word of, listen, the word of God that's in your life, when you speak it over a situation, it has the power to go deep inside of their heart and to begin to separate the things in their life. It begins to separate those things. It begins to, to, to tell them the truth. It begins to tell them God's love. It begins to say these things to their life. And so what we need is we need God to, to go deep in our life and to begin to separate the things in our life. Just by speaking the word of God over our situations and applying it to our life. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11, it says this. It says, so if my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty. But it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it was sent. It, it's not going to return void, guys. Listen to me this morning. Everybody look at me. I'm coming to a close this morning. If you speak the word of God over your family, if you speak the word of God over your situation, it will not come back void. It will come through, and you will see the promises in your life if you will just believe it and apply it to your life every single day. Because what we think is, well, God didn't do it before, so God's not going to do it again. And that's a lie from the enemy. God did it before. God wants to do it again. You just got to apply it to your life and believe it. 
got to apply it to our life and, and, and study it and listen to it and, and meditate. Don't just read it, but meditate on what God's telling you. Ever, has anybody ever been there where you prayed over somebody or you were about to pray over somebody and you just begin to speak the word of God over their life and, and they were just like, how did you know that? And you're just like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just that great, I guess. I don't know. I, we know those things. Why? Because God reveals it to us in, our, in those times of prayer. God, God may, listen, God may use you to prophesy over somebody. Well, you don't understand. What if I say the wrong thing? Listen, if it's from God, it's not the wrong thing. It's not the wrong thing. Stop worrying about it. I've been there, man. You know, go pray for God. What if I I say the wrong thing? And God said, stop worrying about it. Just go speak and watch my word just come forth out of your life. So you got to apply it to your life. You got to get it in your life. Satan was like, listen, just do this, and Jesus says, no, it is written. It is written in the word of God that I will not do that. I will not focus on those things. Luke chapter 11, verses 28, it says this. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessed are those who don't just hear it, but actually live it out. Blessed, that's what the Bible says. Look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed. Blessed are those who don't just hear the word, but you actually apply it to your life, and you obey it. You live it. Blessed are those people. Shelby, if you would, come on up this morning. Number three is this. Jesus returned stronger when he came out of his fast. It says in Luke chapter 4, verses 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. It didn't just say the Spirit, but it says he returned from Galilee In the power of the Spirit. He returned stronger than he went before he went in. Think about that for a moment. How is that possible? We're talking about God's Son. We're talking about Jesus. How could he be stronger when he comes out of it before he even went in? Why? Because he got before God. He got before his heavenly father and he prayed and he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And what he was saying is, God, I'm totally dependent upon you. You've got a plan and a purpose for my life. I don't, I don't, maybe I don't understand it. I don't know. But God, you've got a plan and a purpose for my life. So God, I want to come out stronger than, than before I went in. And if you will trust God and you will go through this time of prayer and fasting, listen to me. You may not feel stronger when you come out, but I'm telling you, you will go with the power of the Spirit. Because God will lead you. God will guide you. He returned stronger than when he went in. At the end of Luke of chapter 3, it says Jesus comes up out of the water and the Spirit, the anointing, rests upon him like a dove. Listen to me this morning. Jesus had the anointing in his life. Jesus came with a purpose in his life. Jesus had a vision to change the world in his life. But you got to understand, all of those things are are internal things. He had a purpose. He had a vision. And he had a... He had the anointing of God resting upon him. The Bible says that when he came out of the water, that the anointing of God rested upon his life. So God had a purpose, he had a plan, he had a vision, and he had the anointing. Those are internal things. Listen to me this morning. You may have those things in your life, but what God is trying to tell you is this. Make those things that are internal, external. Take that anointing that I've given you in your life and apply it to situations in your family. 
Take that vision that I've given you. Take that dream that I've given you, that, inter- that internal thing that you've thought about and you saw in your life. Take those things and make it external in your life because that's where God moves. It's, listen, it's great to have the anointing. It's great to have a vision. It's great to have a plan and a purpose. But if you don't apply it to your life, then it's no good. But Jesus had those things. In his life, he had the anointing, he had the, the vision, he had the plan and the purpose for his life. And he took that, what was in his life, and he allowed God to come in and begin to do, do, do something new in his life. And then he went out and began to do his earthly ministry. The internal became external. What Jesus did, he took the anointing and he began to heal people. He took the vision and he began to go to different places where God was calling him. He took the plan and the purpose that God had for him. Listen, and he fulfilled it through the cross. When the enemy was trying to persuade him something different, he says, get behind me, enemy, because you have no business here. You have no business in this life. He returned stronger. He was led by the anointing. He was led by the spirit. He was led by his purpose, his vision. And what happens in those situations is that when we see it as impossible, when we take that, the anointing of God, when we take those things in our life and we make it external, the impossible becomes possible. Why? Because we put God in the middle of it. We put God in the middle of it. We allow Him to do His thing in our life. And what do we need to do is this. We need to remove our hands from the situation. And say to God, God, they're yours. Do I've tried, I've done, I don't know what else to do. I'm removing my hands from the situation, God, so I'm trusting you to know and understand that, God, you're going to do what only you can do. You see, some of you, listen, some of you are trying to lead your situations like this. Some of you, you love control. You love control in your life. You want to be in so much control of your life. And God says, listen, you need to release it to me and allow me to be in control of your life. Allow me to guide you. Allow me to speak to you. Allow me to do the things that I need to in my life. And what God's saying to you this morning is this. Just simply open your hand and give it to him. Listen, please understand. God is not going to make you look foolish. God is not going to make you look crazy. He's not going to make you look weird. He's only going to make you do the things that He places in your life. So we have to be so afraid, listen, even in our worship services, that we can't lift our hands or that we can't worship because somebody behind us may not understand it. That's okay. Let God deal with it. Listen, if you want to lift your hands, lift your hands. If you want to worship, if you want to dance, by all means, go after it. Because I'm telling you, the moment that you express that freedom in God, God begins to do something new in you. I know and understand what it's like to try to control my own life and try to worship how I want to worship. But I remember God telling me, Chad, just worship with me. Worship what's in your heart. Take the internal that I know is already there and make it external and, and just watch me do incredible things in your life. And I'm telling you this morning, guys, is this. The reason why I'm standing here today, it has nothing to do with me, but it has a life that says, God, you got a plan and a purpose for my life. I don't like it. I, I'm not good at it. I don't want to go there. But God says, just trust me. Just trust me. And what happens is you just, you release it and you step back and say, God, I trust you. You you gave me that miracle, God. I trust you enough to give them back to you, to allow you to do something in their life. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this. Very, very familiar passage of Scripture. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then all the other things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek to live a holy life. Seek God through prayer and fasting and reading your word. And when we do that, when we do those, three, those two things, God says, then I will give you the other things that you're asking for. But you have to first seek me. Forty days and forty nights, he prayed and he fasted. He sought God's face. He connected with the Father. He began his earthly ministry. Listen to me. He began his earthly ministry with the most important part of his life, and that is getting one-on-one with God. He didn't just go out and start it. He got one-on-one with God and saw God's anointing in his face. John chapter 4, verses 31 through 34 says this. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, you got to eat something. But he said to them, guys, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could somebody have possibly brought him food? Verse 34, my food, this is Jesus' word, my food, Jesus says, is to do the will of the Father who sent me and to finish his work. His food, his substance, the thing that gave him the very thing that he needed in his life was the presence and the will of God. You, listen, he's telling the disciples, guys, you, have, you, you just don't understand. What makes me, what fulfills my hunger is healing people. What fulfills my hunger and this thirst in my life is, is, showing, is showing them the power and the love of God. Why? Because that's the will of God. That's the will of God in my life. So I encourage you this morning is this as we close. I don't know what your need is. I don't know if it's financial. I don't know if it's spiritual. I don't know if it's mental. I, I don't know what it is. But I do know this, that if we are willing to do our part, God will do his part. We don't have to worry. We don't have to go out. I don't know if he's going to come through or not. If we do our part, God will do his part. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.